What's up, everybody? This is FTW with ImodCon. I'm ImodCon of Tom's Guide, and joining me on this Fractured Finger edition is Dot Esports' Kale Michael. What's up? Street Fighter legend Daigo Umehara, 39, played an exhibition match against Tsunehiro Gachikun Kanamori. The online exhibitions were a placeholder for the offline event that was meant to take place, but were moved because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Umehara ended up winning the fight, and later confirmed that he fractured his pinky finger on his left hand. He broke it Friday following a slip and fall. At 39, Umehara is one of the older professionally competing esports players around. While his results have wavered in recent years, many in the Japanese scene, including three-time EVO champion Hajime Tokido Taniguchi, still consider him the best. So, Kale, how has Daiko continued to remain competitive and even dominant after all these years? In terms of like fighting games as a whole, Street Fighter and I guess a lot of the higher level um, games that have been around a long time are a lot of muscle memory, especially since Capcom loves keeping combos the same, even though like frame data and like certain other aspects will change over time. Uh, so, I mean, Daigo has been doing it for what, three decades at this point, probably at least playing in an arcade. <laughs> so uh, like just just the experience alone, especially in like games like Street Fighter are going to set you apart from a lot of mediocre players, let alone if you practice as much as he does and play at the highest level, even at his age, like just keeping that level of practice with the level of experience he has is just insane. Even, even if he doesn't practice, cause like you said, he, he fractured his uh, pinky and it's like, well, yeah, he didn't play the game that night, but he still played the next day. He beat Gachakun, who also qualified for Capcom P- cup this season. So it's not like he was playing just a show match to play a show match. He beat him in a best of seven or one. And then the thing I love about Daigo is just how casual he is about everything. When he announced that he broke his hand, it wasn't because he felt like he needed to announce it. It's because he was already on stream and he just brought it up and he's like, oh yeah, it's going to be, I'm going to get the cast off on Monday and it'll probably be better in a couple days after that. And all this chat's like, no dude, it's a fracture. Like it's going to take like two weeks. And he's like, no, that's too long. Okay, dude. And then, I mean, he was playing like earth, earth defense force, uh, on a regular controller and then he was commentating Capcom, uh, I don't know if it was some kind of qualifier, if it was just commentating some matches online with some friends after that. Do you know if for the exhibition match, if he used a standard fight stick or was he using like a mix box? I don't know, actually, because the camera, I don't know if they showed it uh, on the stream, but the, they did have face cams for most of the players. So you could see them the way he was sitting looked like he was using a fight stick. But knowing him, uh, he would sit that way regardless. Uh so unless they showed it and I missed it, I don't, I, I mean, I'm going to assume he's using a fight stick, but if, if he wasn't, then I didn't see it. When it comes to, I guess, Street Fighter, you know, the upcoming update, you know, potential Street Fighter 6, whenever that comes, it, during the pandemic and all that, Street Fighter has been going on. There have been events um, and even in-person events. So how has Capcom kind of been able to keep this competitive scene going that relies so heavily on in-person competition? I think Capcom's done a pretty good job uh, at navigating this because, I mean, most of the fighting games haven't had anything. Obviously, there's the the whole Smash controversy, and we'll, we might touch on that here in a little bit. But other than the Smash community, like, everything's kind of been community-run. I mean, Arxis has tried to do stuff, but they've had to cancel some things for, like, Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue. I don't... I mean, Dragon Ball Fighters for the longest time, didn't have anything up until the national championships, uh, like, late last year. So Capcom did a a pretty good job of pivoting immediately to, hey, let's do regional online competitions to kind of replace the Pro Tour. Let's keep everybody updated about what's going on. It's a bummer that Capcom Cup couldn't happen. 
uh, the way they originally had it planned. But I mean, with everything going on, they just couldn't do it. But they, Capcom has done a, a pretty, even though the game is kind of blasted by the community for having poor online at times, like uh, I, I think overall Capcom did a really good job of pivoting during this, uh, during the pandemic to an online format keeping an eye on the Street Fighter scene, but I do want to make a transition over to Smash Bros. So before the pandemic hit last year, um, the the team over at VG Bootcamp had announced the Smash World Tour, and it was essentially going to be a worldwide circuit for both Melee and Ultimate. What ended up happening is obviously the pandemic hit, so all that stuff just had to be pushed back, considering that Smash is largely a game that's, uh, at least at the time, had to really be played locally uh, at a competitive level. Uh, Since then, we've seen things like Project Slippy, which is like rollback netcode, which allows for competitive Smash to be played at a more tolerable, at an incredibly more tolerable level uh, over an internet connection. And it seems that, you know, Smash World Tour is back in a hybrid format. So what can you tell us about Smash World Tour going into 2021? From what they've announced so far, it's going to be so it's 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 going to run as two separate circuits, and since you can't do, um, they're not doing offline events in totality. It's going to mainly be a circuit for Ultimate, and then it's going to be a regional finals for uh, Melee. So the all the Melee stuff is going to be essentially decided based on results from events from the last year, and probably dating back to some in 2019. So they're going to be taking a lot of like they're going to try and mix land results from when the, the land was still a thing to and online results from last year, and they're going to try and like the x amount of best players i think it's 16 players per region going into like the regional finals which will then i think it's 32 total players from the regional finals will move on to uh the world finals at the end of the year uh for both games but ultimate will have actual online qualifiers where people will sign up and compete in their regions and then they will be i think 16 players from each region will qualify or the regional finals. So it's the same. Once you get to the regional finals, I think it's the same. Uh, and then it will fun- all funnel into the world finals uh, or season finals, whatever they're calling it. And, but, but the melee at the start, melee will be a, like a, not a community vote. A, they're going to have a panel with players from each region and some of the, and like tournament organizers and stuff to decide the melee lineup for the uh, regional final. Hmm. And, you know, following kind of the cancellation of the Big House Online with Nintendo essentially saying that, uh, you know, it was against any use of modification of its games, which included, you know, emulation and the use of Project Slippy, which then uh, led to a huge fallout and the free melee hashtag with a lot of players anonymously and some not anonymously pretty much calling out Nintendo as saying that the company has interfered actively with the scene and tried to push it down, always kind of, you know, leaving a carrot on the stick for the the scene to say like, hey, if you cooperate with us, you know, maybe we'll uh, help you out in the future. Uh, It seems that any kind of goodwill that Nintendo had with the scene is largely gone. And even reports suggested that uh, Nintendo tried to interfere with the Smash World Tour. The scene at this point, from at least from what I can gather, has pretty much said, uh, we're going to stop trying to make you happy, uh, you being Nintendo. I, have you heard any reports of Nintendo trying to interfere with Smash World Tour 2, or you know the, the 2021 variant? Or are you also just hearing that uh, the organizers are going to ignore anything that Nintendo says, and if, you know, whatever happens, happens? I'm not sure if Nintendo, I, I mean, I don't know if what Nintendo's done with certain events. I mean, we, we I don't know if Genesis was going to happen uh, with everything going on. 
uh, still, or if they were going to pivot to an online event, but just like Big House, that was one of the big tournaments that still had Melee that was sponsored by Nintendo. So uh, we kind of figured a fallout was going to happen there when that did happen, but nothing has happened yet. For, for the Smash World Tour specifically, I don't know what VG Bootcamp stance is on that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know what Gimmer and the guys who are kind of running it feel like they need to do, but the community as a whole, I'm they're pretty much just sick of Nintendo. Like the Melee community specifically has been dealing with it for, I mean, decades at this point. They're just like, oh, it, you just kept saying that you were going to do something. And uh, I, I remember when that big anonymous post about like pointing out all of the different things Nintendo had squelched between like Twitch and Red Bull and ESL and E-League and all these other people that wanted to get into a Smash tournament like organization and stuff for like circuits or whatever throughout the years. Uh, one of the things that everybody was so mad about is Nintendo continued and still continues, not as much now, but to use all Smash community figures, whether they're um, newer or older. So like when when they were doing like the pro, the press for Ultimate, they had the game playable at Genesis, but they, apparently they didn't pay for the floor space at Genesis. They just were like, oh, you're playing our game, so we're going to take the floor space. Um, the creators... Uh, like when they did the the tournament uh, at E3, they brought in melee melee players. They brought in Ultimate or uh, Smash Four players at the time to compete against each other and stuff. And they used them as promotion because they have audiences that love Smash and they love Smash. But then that doesn't translate to support for the scene in in any form, even in Ultimate. We knew that Nintendo didn't want to support Melee because it's an older game. They're not getting anything out of it and they want to push the new stuff. That's fine. And a lot of people were okay with that as long as they didn't like step in and say, hey, you're not allowed to play Melee at tournaments. We just want Ultimate to be a thing, which they almost did. But they didn't support Ultimate either. Like you look at some of the prize pools they have and, it, and that does, that's just their Nintendo's like motto for all their competitive games too. It's just like with when the free melee stuff happened, a bunch of the Splatoon teams that were competing in the NA open for Splatoon decided, no, nah, we're going to use like hashtag free melee or different tags for um, our teams. And then Nintendo said, no, nah, we're not going to stream it, but you can still compete. And then all the, all the top eight teams walked because they didn't want to support that. And they were going to get like, I think the top, I think the top like eight uh, from the top eight out of like a hundred something teams, they would get like $25 in eShop credit and the top three teams got a trophy or something. And it's like, that's just Nintendo's practice. That's just what they do. Like they do it for all their Mario Kart tournaments, all their Smash tournaments, uh, Evo Japan, uh, because of some laws around competition and stuff. And because Nintendo doesn't really do much esports in Japan, they were only allowed to give out like physical prizes, not money. So they gave, um, I don't remember who won Evo Japan 2019, but they gave, or it might've been 2020. I don't even remember, but they gave them a, like a special pro controller. That was, that was the top prize for placing first in like the second or third biggest smash event of all time you've screwed up potential like third party stuff coming in and giving money to the scene and helping uh you've screwed up any potential like community stuff really for long-term growth out, out of individual content creation and then they just don't want to support the scene themselves so that kind of leaves everybody in a bad spot and mail the melee community's done with it they're just like no let's just do what we want let we're done we're I mean, heck, they're the, the melee community is trying to bring back Project M. Like they're like, hey, we you guys got did dirt like got done dirty because their Nintendo was like, hey, if you don't do this, maybe we'll like feature more stuff or whatever. And then they never did that. So now Project Project M is making or Project Plus Project M whatever that community is making a comeback now. So it's it, it's gonna it's gonna keep evolving. 
uh, and I'm sure Nintendo's going to do something else, whether it's uh, make a statement on, I don't know if they're ever going to make a, make a straight statement, but we'll, we'll have to see where Nintendo goes with it because it's going to be an ever evolving thing as the, as the Smash community continues to do things, especially once like land stuff is back, because that's the, that's when Smash is at its strongest is when everybody's in one place together. Uh, yeah, you know, I implore everybody, uh, if they haven't listened to, uh, to jump back a few episodes and, um, you know, see some of my interviews in which I speak to lawyers about the whole situation, kind of the complexity of um, running tournaments, because a lot of the stuff regarding online gaming, streaming, esports, a lot of it just hasn't been litigated. And, you know, it's like there just really isn't even legislation in place. So everyone's like, you know, if Nintendo just kind of like issues a threat, they're kind of isn't entirely enough legal backing for them to uh, back that. But, you know, I, at the same time, it's like, what else could they do if they wanted to do something? Cause it just isn't the case. Um, but, you know, last question uh, before, before uh, we end the show is I want to ask during the whole pandemic, melee versus ultimate, which scene do you feel is going to come out of this healthier? Oh, melee hundred percent. Just because this, like the whole Nintendo thing kind of brought everyone even more together. Like Melee is such a close knit community. Even if people don't like each other and people give the smash community crap for being like, Oh, like they're going to complain about everything. They're going to complain about every DLC character, which is true. But like the player base, once you get in deep into the community, the people that actually compete in tournaments or people like me that cover the event and just love talking the game and watching the events and stuff. Like they're so close knit. They all just love the game and love the community mango essentially said that over the last like year people have played more melee than like who knows how long because you don't you don't have to you don't have to use janky net play that used to exist before slippy you don't have to have people that are within your skill skill bracket or whatever to compete against in-house to practice you don't just have to practice by yourself you're in the same country as another top player you can practice with them and it's going to feel good because of the because of the connection of slippy and all the tournaments that have come out of it just like the awareness that the community has gotten a lot of the creators have gotten bigger in this span i mean heck uh a lot a lot of it's to do with um ludwig because he's been putting he put a spotlight on the community twice with his tournaments um and he's going to continue doing it because he's from the melee scene um so stuff like that is is huge and it's just the scene has just gotten better the people have been playing more the 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 top level of melee is incredible and there are more people like slowly encroaching on that top like just that top level and it's it's fantastic and i can't wait to see what happens with like LAN events or like how LAN events and online events play off of each other now um just what happens in the future because i in all honesty i think uh melee now is probably in as good a spot as it's ever been in in terms of like post YouTube streaming era, probably since probably since the spirit bomb at Evo 2013. It's probably in its best spot since then. I would say uh, just in terms of like player base awareness, people wanting to play, people wanting to watch everything like that. No, it's, it's, it's why I feel that uh, of all esports, uh, melee is probably the most entertaining and unique to follow because of the politics and just the, the, it's just so much stranger than than all the other games. Um, but, Kale, thank you so much for jumping on the show. Hey, you're welcome, bud. 
And that was FTW with Ahmad Khan. If you like the show, please rate, subscribe, and share. Full transcripts of the show can be found at ftwamad.com. To follow Kale and all the work he does at, over at Dot Esports, you can find him at xjustified on Twitter. To follow me and my writing over at Tom's Guide, find me at Ahmad on Twitter. And Ron Lines is our audio producer. With that, we'll catch you guys next week.